This is a note to future me. Hi, this is Brett Johnson, your host and the owner of Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants. Well, as we all know, podcast networks are helpful for both listeners and content creators alike. I got to talk to Press Play Podcasts owner Chase Smith back in 2019, actually specifically the end of May of 2019. Um, I will put that link to that episode in the podcast episode show notes. But um, he was nice enough to carve out a little bit of his holiday time to talk to me in this episode about the growth that they've seen in this podcast network. Um, I think it's just an extremely interesting journey of creating this podcast network, the, the ups and downs, the team development that's gone into it as well as some unique qualities of this network that both he and I, uh, I don't see it in any other network. So um, Chase was really nice to be able to connect with him, get him on tape to do this interview, and get an insider view of the pros and cons of a network, but also see what, what the benefits are for a podcaster to be part of a podcast network, or if you've ever had thoughts about creating a network on your own, Chase has some really good insights about that. Let's get into the interview. It started in uh, when I lived in Chicago, and I started my own podcast, the Chase Smith Podcast, which I still have. Uh, haven't released a new episode in a couple years. I'm looking to remedy that this year, but uh, uh, had to have some energy and uh, attention other places, as you'll find out. So anyway, had my own podcast, and I love the Cleveland Browns. And so I followed a guy on Twitter who had a pretty large following and was pretty connected with the Browns. And so I reached out to Jeremy. I said, hey, man, do you want to come on my podcast to talk about the Browns? And he's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And so I had him on my podcast, and it was received – so incredibly well. Um, we recorded, it was just so natural right, right off the bat. Like we just really connected and we, t- we said to each other, man, all of like the current Browns podcasts are really not the greatest, whether it's production value or content or just, it was a really hard listen. And I think if you listen to podcasts or, you know, are in that world, you know what a hard listen is for a podcast. It just wasn't just natural. And, and so I said, dude, what if we started our own Browns podcast? And at the time there weren't a lot of other Browns podcasts. And so we did. And so I launched the Oranges, Orange or Browns podcast with Jeremy and it just saw immediate success. Top 200 on the iTunes charts, um, when the sports section, I mean, whenever you look there and you see you're above Shaq and all these other like ESPN (laughs) figures, you're like, okay, this is something special. Um, and so that was in 17, I think. And and Brett, let me tell you, uh, not smart to launch a Browns podcast when they go winless in a season. Um, but we did, and we just had a ton of fun. Um, and I was like, man, this is really great. I also love the Cleveland Cavaliers. And so Jeremy was like, well, hey, I know this guy who covers the Cavs, Sam Amico for Amico Hoops. Um, and he used to work for Fox Sports. And so I reached out to Sam, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's start a Cavs podcast. And so now all of a sudden I have my podcast a Browns podcast and a Cavs podcast. And that saw a lot of success. And so I was like, okay, we really have something special here that we can market towards sponsors and advertisers and um, just kind of create a community. And so in October of 18, I launched press play podcasts. Um, and we, I think had four or five shows at launch. We, we also started a Cleveland Indians podcast called a swing in a tribe. Um, and it's just, gone from there. You know, I, I have, I don't have any like business 
background or education. Um, I'm a f- I'm in full time ministry, so I work a lot of this over my hour lunch or in the evenings. And and since then, uh, you know, about two years, Brett, we uh, boast um, eight shows with uh, two or three in development. We have twelve different hosts and. Um, these hosts are just incredible. They're well-respected in, in the media community. They um, have years of experience and just really add to the professionalism of the network. Um, and it's, it's been so much fun. I've learned a ton as we'll talk, but um, it kind of started with this desire of there's not a lot of good podcasts that I want to listen to, Brett. I wanted to listen to a good Browns podcast. I wanted to listen to a good Cavs podcast and I couldn't find one. So I just decided to make my own. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, this isn't my full-time job. I have you know, a full-time job, and then I have another part-time job. I also um, – I'm a professor at a Christian university in Circleville. I'm over the student ministry department, and I do that part-time. So this really is just like really reaching capacity for what I, I can do. And so I, w- when we started the network, I was like, man, like I really believe that at some point I can sell this for a profit – and, you know, make some money, Brett. That, that was one of the other reasons why I wanted to start the network was to kind of monetize the group of shows towards a, a profit. And in uh, January of, uh, of this year, a network out of Chicago uh, reached out to me on Twitter and said, hey, um, would you be interested in talking? I got really, really excited because I thought that this was, you know, kind of the out or like the end game that I was looking for. I didn't know what this would mean. So I said, sure. And we talked and he was interested in, um, he saw what I'd, what I've been able to do with like the Cleveland sports market. And he was interested in having me do that in Philadelphia, in Miami, in Denver, in all these other sport hub cities. He wanted me to replicate launching these shows with these people that are connected to the teams and the city in, in those in those sports hubs, um, which would include them buying out the shows in the network and all these other things. And so even though it wasn't an exact offer that I had in my brain, like I, I wanted like, the, you know, just the stereotypical big business comes in, buys little business and that's it. Right. Like I just I felt like it, I, I wanted that kind of clean, um, clean situation. This was a little different, but I was still interested because. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool opportunity. It was a, with a larger network. And um, I, I feel like I I found success at networking and launching shows. So as we were talking and going through negotiations, he would send me an offer. I'd send him a counter offer. Um, it wasn't exactly a buyout and that's it. It was, we'll pay you X amount over time if you're successful and if you launch and you still have to work probably more than what you're doing now for us. And so I wasn't really 100% sold on it, but I was still interested in still pursuing it because it was just, you know, who knows what could happen. So um, that started in January. It it ended up in the middle of April. We're like, we've done negotiated three or four times. Um, I'm just about ready to say, let's just do it. I'm done talking about it. Um, And Brett, my phone dies. It bricks out. This was right after the NFL draft, so I was on it a lot that weekend, um, recording shows. We did like a two-hour live show where we had four, five, six guests drop in for like 10 minutes each. A lot of fun, but um, it just died out of nowhere, and I hadn't dropped it. It just completely bricked out, which is, if you can remember what April was like, nothing was open. 
Um, no one was doing anything. It was really hard to find a phone replacement. So Brett, I went with uh, uh, four weeks without a cell phone in the middle of a quarantine, um, <laughs> as if that could be any worse. Um, and that uh, essentially just halted all communication. And what that did, uh, it halted all communication with this network. And what that did was allowed me to take a step back and evaluate, do I really want to do this? Is this really a good offer? Is this something that I'm going to benefit from financially? And I found out that it, that I really didn't want to do it, that I was just, I, I appreciated feeling value and worth that someone saw in me. Like it felt good to have someone say, uh, to validate my work. It did, Brett. Um, and it felt good to hear someone say, we want you to do that for us. Um, and so I think I got wrapped up in that. And because it wasn't, I didn't believe in the, in my network or didn't believe in our shows. I didn't believe that it could do more. It was just, it just felt good to be validated. Um, and, and so I took that, that four weeks and I said, you know what? Like, I don't, I'm not ready to sell this. I'm not ready to stop what we're doing. Um, and it completely changed my outlook on the network. I had reached my, my limit on what I alone personally could do with this network. Um, I was running into situations where I didn't know business wise, what the next steps were, how to structure the network or the business. Um, and I did not have time to continue development of the pods that we wanted to. Um, and so I reached out to one of my brilliant friends of mine, JD Hyman, who was a person that I reached out to when I launched the network in 2018 about launching a show with me. He wasn't ready then, but, um, over the summer with the protests, um, he, I, he wanted to do a, and what we talked about was a, um, just like a cultural conversation podcast. And, um, I said, well, JD, what would it look like if you launched that? But then I brought you on as my COO and I kind of shared with him the story I just shared and said, JD, I, I need help. I need help with uh, business strategy and, and business um, kind of direction. And um, I've reached the limit of what I can and cannot do. And I offered him to come on as my COO and kind of go that way. Um, and he, he agreed. At the same time, um, one of my other hosts, uh, Brooks May, I met her in Chicago. She's brilliant and smart and funny. And I, I, I trust both of these people like implicitly, <laughs> Brett. So that, that was, I think, one of the first hurdles that I, that I didn't have to jump very high for. But I said, Brooks, she was getting ready to renew her contract with us for a second season. I said, Brooks, what would it look like if um, as you are you know, looking at the second season for your your book club podcast, you came on as our head of content development and you kind of steered, uh, new shows, hosts, um, bringing on all that stuff. And, and she agreed. And so all of a sudden, uh, I developed this team around me that covered all of my weaknesses that helped me, um, have a team that we could forge forward together. And, um, and so we officially announced that I think in July of 2020, I brought on JD as my COO and Brooks as my head of content development. And, and what I found, uh, Brett was I was entering into a season of letting go. Um, dude, I, I loved doing the network by myself and I was proud of the work that I was able to do, but I, I wasn't blind to the fact that if I wanted to grow or wanted to continue to enjoy it, I needed to have some help because if I didn't have some help, then I think it just would have, I would have gotten really just apathetic and, 
um, jaded towards everything, which, you know, really kind of made me disheartened. Um, so bringing on JD and Brooks, um, began this season of letting go and, and really just infuse the network with momentum and energy and new insight and new direction and new focus. And it's just been Brett. It's been absolutely incredible. Um, so that's, that's July. Um, we, uh, so we, 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 we're meeting once a month through August and September, not once a month, once a week via zoom for our executive meetings and, um, realized that, man, I, I really believe now like in our foundation and the direction. So started reaching out for investors and got connected with someone in Columbus who, um, ended up, uh, investing in the network. Um, you know, not a ton of money, but a ton of money to us. And I think it validated, you know, Brooks and it validated JD and it validated the work that they've put into it. And, um, really just the growth trajectory of the network since bringing JD and Brooks on, um, has just been mind boggling. And, if we were, if we continue this trajectory through 2021, Brett, um, it's just incredibly exciting. And, um, so we, uh, we launched, we, we announced our, the investor as a press release, um, a couple weeks ago. We haven't shared it yet. Um, just, well, we haven't met the last couple weeks, uh, as a team because of the holidays. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty big on finding a healthy work life balance. Um, and so, but yeah, um, this the season of of letting go. Um, it's it's been pretty cool to see, like the more I let go, the more success the network has, and I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> All right, now that you've got the two additional creative people, what does twenty twenty one look like? Yeah, so because of the investor, we uh, currently are in the process of hiring a producer. So some of our uh, hosts. Um, really have a hard time editing and producing their their audio and content, um, and and currently I'm still producing a couple shows on the network myself, um, and so bringing on a producer would uh, alle- alleviate some of those responsibilities for my hosts. It would continue to to remove things from my plate, so I can focus on my podcast to get that back up and running and other network kind of mission and, and vision and forward driving um, initiatives or whatever we need to do. But yeah, so we're really excited about that. We also brought on um, in, in December a, a marketing intern. So we partnered with Indiana University and we have a senior who's graduating in May and in, in, um, social media marketing and advertising who's with us for six months through May. And she um, is helping us with brand awareness and making sure shows have brand profiles and um, creating a marketing strategy for the shows. Um, we, we had a, a first kind of like all network meeting with our hosts to let them know about the investor and some of some like the larger changes. And it was so cool to be able to tell them, hey, um, we're taking this money and we're putting it back in, into the network, into you, investing in our hosts. Um, so that was exciting. They got really excited. We also set money aside to invest back in the community. Um, and so we partnered with, um, a local school in Akron to provide shoes for students who couldn't afford to have shoes or have much of a Christmas. So that was, that was a really cool thing that we were able to do. Um, 
And it's just been really, really fun and exciting. It feels more, more fulfilling. Just, you know, I, I, I enjoy the aspect of a team and the community that that brings. Um, so yeah, uh, we're just really looking forward to launching, um, more shows. I think our, one of our goals is to try to launch a show a month mm-hmm. and we have two or three in development now. So I think we have a pretty good plan through March. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so Brooks will be heading that up and we're excited about that. So I see a lot of chatter in Facebook groups about podcasters either wanting to start a podcast network or join a podcast network. From your experience of what you've gone through so far, what advice would you give a podcaster who, number one, is looking to join a network or a podcaster who is looking to start up a network? Yeah. So um, I would say starting a network, um, it, it takes a lot of a lot of trust and work, Brett. Um, getting other hosts or yourself kind of on the same page um, – I I see the value in a network for a couple reasons. One, it um, sets your podcast apart from other podcasts. And I think in in the medium where anyone and everyone can have a podcast, and there's a thousand different ways to do a podcast, um, as you market and reach out to people to interview, um, the more professional you can um, set your podcast up, the better. And I think a network is another layer of professionalism that gives your podcast. So um, if you're looking to start your network, um, it just takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of nights where you feel like you're just treading water. Um, but but that matters. It um, it takes some um, a little investment on, on your end to, to get a website, to maintain a website, to um, create structure for your hosts and your shows, um, to be able to share resources and invest back into your hosts to create a system that's uniform with all your shows, like all of these kind of uh, things. How are you going to um, like, are all your shows going to be hosted on the same hosting platform? Or are you going to allow your host to, uh, you know, be on various platforms? Like, how are you going to tie it all together? These are all questions that they need answers in launching your own, your own network. Um, and then as you, you know, open that up to other shows, how well do you do communicating that vision? Does your network have a vision? Does it have a mission? Is it is it a really niche network or um, is it just a general podcasting network? Um, for people who are looking to join a network, um, you know, what kind of reach or uh, extended kind of audience uh, will that network give you? Um, I, I'm a big proponent of networks, obviously. I think there's a lot of value in maybe launching a show with a network. Does, does the network you're looking to join have a launch strategy? What support is it going to offer? Um, and I think all that plays a part, um, and, it, and it could, in the success of a podcast. Not that it has to be part of a network to be successful, but again, I, I think every little bit helps trying to make waves in a um, seeming seemingly waveless medium. <laughs> we have a handful of shows in our network that we consider our IP or, or our intellectual property IP. Um, and then we have another kind of like group of shows that are the creators IP that they just are part of, of our network and they use our resources and our platform to, you know, expand their reach. Um, and of course those contracts for, for those shows are different. The revenue share is different for those, for those shows. 
Um, but yeah, that, that's really important. Being able to own your, your content and what you say and what you release, um, th that I guess would be fine print. You'd want to talk through, um, uh, with your networks and as you're launching a network, like what kind of network do you want to have? We do want to bring on creatives. We do want to bring on people to, to help bring their vision to the airwaves to make that a reality. Um, and we don't want to cheat them out of their own intellectual property. Like we want to honor that. Um, and, and we're pretty upfront with what shows we consider our IP and what should like, as they are onboarding, you know, Hey, this is, um, your own thing. Now we do have to count the show as an asset asset of the network for advertising and kind of just like other network stuff. But, um, th that's all explained in, in our contract, but yeah, that, that is an important piece for sure, Brett, that a lot of hosts are curious about as they talk about onboarding with us. My, my mind goes to Conan O'Brien when he was leaving the um, Tonight Show. Um, NBC owned all of his bits, characters, material. And so when he went to TBS, he had nothing. And it, it was like this three or five year battle of getting all of his own video and characters back. I think he owns it all back now, but it was a... a a fairly large like deal in, in that kind of community. Um, and, and my mind just always goes to that. I never want my hosts, whether they're hosting a show that's RIP or their show to feel like I'm taking advantage of them. Um, I want them to feel um, that I trust them and that, you know, I want that trust to be reciprocated. Um, and, and I feel like we do a pretty good job of being open and transparent and having those conversations. Cause th that is one of the first conversations people have is, well, hey, what happens when this contract runs out or what happens if, you know, you have to suspend us as a host? Like what, you know what I mean? Like those are conversations we have to have. Brooks is incredible. Uh, she's incredible working with people and, and, and just, she has so much just discernment and she's really, really smart. And so having her on board to kind of help lead that charge is, it's only good things for, for press play, man. So kind of moving away from the negative watch out for this stuff with network inclusion, there's a ton of positive momentum for podcasters to be a part of a podcast network. Being able to tap into the audience and reach of, of all the hosts in the network, whether it's through a an audio promo we insert into one of their shows or um, having them retweet or send out to their listeners and a link, right? Like all of that matters and all of that, there's this more ears and more like this head knowledge of what we offer. So maybe, maybe someone who's listening to one of our, um, just sports talk podcasts with Dennis Rhoda and Kenny and I'm sorry, Kenny Rhoda and Dennis Maniloff. Um, maybe they might not, uh, maybe their audience might not care about a, a book club podcast, but maybe their wife or their sister, or their cousin, they might have a conversation over Christmas or over the next few weeks of, uh, you know, I'm reading a book or, you know, I'd love to have some type of way to talk about books with friends, even though we can't meet. Well, well hey, actually, I heard about this book club podcast on the podcast I listen to. You should check it out, right? Like that that matters. That kind of marketing is really, really effective. And and I don't think that you can really put a, a price on um, having that done on eight different shows with eight different networks and eight different, you know what I mean? Like not like eight different podcast networks, but like each host network. Um, and that's just, yeah, again, setting that podcast apart from other podcasts is, is what we try to do. 
Uh, yes, and that cross promote's been proven to be effective on the highest level, NPR and PRX podcasts. So uh, it's it's nothing that we're just coming up with here in this podcast. It's been proven over the past few years that that cross promote does work. So tell the listeners how to find you and to get a hold of you. Yeah, pressplaypodcast.com and uh, check us out. Um, we do have a handful of shows focusing on Cleveland professional sports, but um, all of the shows that are in development are, are not sports related. <laughs> we have uh, one that's launching in January called Ramblings of a Pastor. It's a leadership and ministry podcast from a, one of my uh, friends in uh, North Carolina um, and a couple other things uh, cooking. So we're really excited for 2021, Brett. Um, hey, man, I, I love what you do. I'm a, I'm a big fan. You, you have uh, just incredible insight and knowledge on, on the podcast medium. And uh, I know that uh, my, my world is better with you in it. So, Brett, um, thank you for having me on the show again. Now. Well, you're very welcome. I mean, I love that we've stayed in connection with each other and watching you grow from infancy with this podcast network. Um more times than not, you don't get that access to how networks grow other than through a press release, which is, you know, it's a press release where um, I've, I've loved seeing your growth. You, you're stumbling, you, you, uh, you know, stubbed your toe, but you've also gone really fast in a short amount of time. So I, I really appreciate your friendship and, and, you know, look forward to catching up with you. I know we'll talk again here later in 2021 to see how you're progressing with the network. Well, and that's the thing, like, yeah, I've, I've shared the past 30 minutes about how we've grown, but that didn't come without a lot of trial and error, right? We've, we've failed and had three or four or five shows that launched that didn't work. So we had to cut our losses. We had four or five others in development that, you know what, that didn't work either. So, you know what I mean? It's a lot of trial and error and to celebrate the victories you have. Um, and you know, whenever you have a victory, you make sure you, you share about it. Um, bringing on Brooks and JD was, was a victory. Bringing on the investor was a huge victory. Brett, we talked earlier off air when we had this kind of pre-interview a couple a couple weeks ago, I don't know of any other networks in the central Ohio area that, um, can say they've had an, an investor at, at this amount. Um, and I'm not saying there aren't any, but it's just, I know that this puts us in really unique company, um, that I hope to connect with and continue to grow because I, I really feel like, um, we're going to go somewhere special this year, man. And I'm excited. I, I totally agree. Let's leave the listeners with your contact information, but we'll also put them in the podcast episode show notes. You can email me at admin at pressplaypods.com. Um, admin, A-D-M-I-N at pressplaypods.com. You can find me on Twitter. That's probably the best way at the Chase Smith. Um, and uh, of course you can, you know, if you are interested in the show if on our, on our website, there's a contact form. You can pitch us a show um, and that comes straight to uh, our email and reach out to you then. But, um, but yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Um, if you want to just connect and ask a couple questions about, networking or um, a podcast network would love to uh, hear from you and help whatever way we can. Podcasting allows you to tell a story, your story. Your business's story is what separates you from your competition. It shapes your past, present, and future. Adding podcasting to your marketing mix allows you to tell your story with more power than in text alone. 
Your company can also use podcasts to grow your network. Many podcast shows and episodes revolve around having guests in an interview or conversation. This format allows your company to develop influential relationships with thought leaders in the industry and keeps the podcast interesting. The best part, podcasts fit perfectly into our tight attention economy. We live in an age of information overload, where attention has become the most valuable business currency. Podcasting allows people to multitask as they consume the content, making podcasting easy to incorporate into their daily habits. Own your story. Engage and interact with your customers and clients. Grow your brand and business with your own podcast. For more information about Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants and how we can help your business begin or better implement your current podcast into your marketing strategy, contact me at podcasts at circle270media.com.